0: Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have with me a very special guest, P.L. Stewart.
1: How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks, Daniel. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Oh
0: no, I just—it's—it's it's always cool for me when I can get somebody I you know been talking to for a while you know on Twitter or something like that. I just my wife, she's like she just left for the gym, and um, my sister-in-law's, and she's like. Oh, she's like, you just love talking to people because I think she's tired of hearing about my writing and books, you know, because I talked to her every day about it. So anytime where I can get and talk to a, you know, a fellow writer and author, she's really excited because then I kind of get out of my system for later in the day, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> And I have you and Chris both today. So she was so right. excited to, you know, <laughs> she's like, Oh, finally, somebody for you. I think so. I was telling um Scott Drakeford yesterday, I was like, I think sometimes she's just like, Oh, he'll be entertained for an hour or two. Oh,
1: yeah. Rise of the Maze of Scott Drakeford. Yeah, that's on yeah, my TV. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, Sounds yeah. like a
0: great book. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Cool. yeah.
1: Chris, Chris Brennan, Hellborn King. That, that's oh. definitely on my TV. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. My friend, he was like, wait. He goes, you have Scott Drakeford, P.L. Stewart, and Christopher G. Brennan coming on for a second time this weekend. I was like, heck, yeah. Uh, and I also was supposed to have Jeff, um, I'm probably going to say it right, Pantanela, I believe is how you say it. Um, oh, the Chaos Gate. Yep. Chaos. Yeah. yep. yep. Uh, so we yep. moved to later in March. But yeah, I was like, man, what a great weekend. <laughs> and I had oh, yeah, uh, Jade Smith for the game. second time last week, Hannah M. Long, our AHM yeah. Long, and then I had Emily Inkpen. So those are coming out. I mean, um, yeah, those, yeah, those are. Yeah, crazy, so it's man. been a really good two okay. weeks for me on the podcast.
1: Yeah, you're rocking and rolling, man. I'm yeah, trying. Trying,
0: trying. Well, all right. So we'll start with that first question What has your writing journey been like up until this point?
1: Uh, it's been phenomenal. Uh, I started late in life because I planned to write much earlier, but I didn't actually get that published in my fifties. Um, you know, I, I decided because I was doing it late in life, rather than going through the whole, um, query and trying to get an agent and then, um, trying to have the agent shop your book to try publishing. Uh, I decided to go the self-pub route. I, I got, uh, an India published assist company, what most people consider vanity press it's called fees and press. They're great. They're kind of like. The Cadillac or mercedes of, of of indie publishing assist companies here in canada uh really reputable and a couple of other great authors that have that you probably know trigger published with them aj retker he's a great oh yeah um, yeah yeah our fancy author yeah yeah he you know uh yeah he's he's he he published with them originally and um for example so yeah so went with them and worked out really well first book uh, a drowned kingdom published february 2nd 2021 um, uh, you know, so far the response has been fantastic and the audiobook just came out. Um, you know, that's also getting a lot of love. I actually think the book translates well to audiobook. That's it. That's my baby, that's the Drowned Kingdom. So uh, she's been out for over a year now. And book two, The Last of the Atalanteans, is dropping soon in the next uh, few weeks. So um, you know, so far, um, uh, advanced reading copies, people are really stoked. They're they're really loving it. So they have been saying it's 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 far better than the first book. So that's a big compliment. Oh, wow. And yeah, so so that's my writing journey. I plan to write seven books in that in oh, this wow. series, uh, and twenty total books in my universe. Uh, so I have like two prequel trilogies planned after this initial seven book oh, wow. series. So, and then I have another seven book series kind of to wrap up where this series leaves off. So, yeah, my writing journey is going to be uh, hopefully going on for for quite a few decades. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that, that's actually really good to know. So that actually means that um, I, I do have a couple of panels coming up where I'm inviting authors, like three or four authors to come and talk at those panels. So that actually gives me a great one to invite you to just knowing that for oh, know, wow, I'd be honored. Out. So how you're planning out those series and prequels. Uh, that's actually what I'm doing with my own fantasy series. So I would love to head back and talk about that. So I'm so glad that you said that. So that actually also gives me a whole separate line of questions for our next interview so that's awesome I that's oh,
1: really awesome. yeah. can't wait to your stuff drops man yeah, I, yeah. Put that on my right. TBR.
0: <laughs> I get so many I get so distracted by you know books and authors like yourself um I think I I was uh actually I have a really great independent bookstore here in my town and it's just great um like you and a few other people um they're able to order for me so it's like I get to order you know your book and also support an independent, you know, bookstore at the well, same time. Great.
1: Thank you for Actually,
0: both great. of my favorite bookstores in New York state are like that. So it's been really nice. <laughs> that's
1: awesome. <laughs> really cool. that's awesome. <laughs>
0: that's uh, yeah, that's just, that's great to hear. I'm so happy to hear, you know, like that, you know, things are going well for you. I've seen your book shared a lot, a lot, especially within, it must be because you, you know, had dropped stuff about book two. Um, it's really been the last like two or three weeks. It seems like every time I turn around, you know, and I try to share everything that I can, you know, for people like yourself. Um, Yeah, no offense to anybody, like I'll share anybody's stuff. But if it's somebody I know, I'm like, you know, on both (laughs) accounts really trying to go. So it's nice to see, you know, so many people have enjoyed book one. And I'm a huge, huge, um, you know, mythology fan. I'm a history teacher. I love Atlantean stuff. So as soon as I saw your cover, I was like, yeah. I want to follow that guy. <laughs> I wouldn't put the book on my Goodreads, like right off the bat. And I got to say that second cover, like I love the first one. Cause I used to teach graphic design. Like I love the first one, but that second one with that elephant, it's just, yeah. it's nice. so cool. It evokes so much imagery and imagination. So yeah, they're both, both very, very stellar. So well,
1: thank you very much. I yeah, appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely appreciate that.
0: Right. Um, yeah. I'm so happy to hear that you have so many books planned for, you know, just this, uh, I just feel like so many people plan out great world building and then, you know, just go into, um, you know, just like a trilogy. And I just mm-hmm. kind of felt like with a few people recently, I'm like, well, that's kind of a waste. Cause you have such a good, you know, product. And I just love to see that people are doing kind of that old dragon or forgotten realms type of thing, yeah. you know, where they have multiple books planned and, you know, in that world. So that makes me really excited for you. So, oh,
1: well, thanks. I'm pretty stoked to about that. So, yeah, that's awesome. Thanks.
0: <laughs> All right. So my favorite question here, I was doing so much research on uh, your book one, but for our audience, uh, for that second question, what is your book, A Drowned Kingdom, about?
1: Okay. Well, my book, A Drowned Kingdom, is partially based on my version of uh, the famous philosopher Plato's uh, tale of the lost realm of Atlantis. So I call my version Atlantics. I know it doesn't sound too creative, but there's reasons for that. But I also wanted people to to hearken back to Plato's tale because that's where it began. So if I'm going to have, you know, my version, I, I definitely want to recognize um, you know, Plato's, um, you know, which of course is, is such a, a timeless classic. And you know, right now it's just it's so fascinating because right now there's someone out there right now looking for the location of Atlantis. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of those things that's just transcended uh the centuries, right? One of those those fables. And um but so mainly the book is about uh a flawed, uh bigoted. Um very controversial type of character. He's a prince. He's the second in line to the throne of, of, of Atlantics. Again, my version of Atlantis. And, um, you know, no big spoilers there. You know, uh, the you know, according to legend, Atlantis sank. Well, so does my Atlantics. And my uh, my main character, he he's one of the survivors and he takes the last remnants of his people uh, across uh, this sea to another continent, a new continent, which is, um, you know, somewhere that's uh, populated by uh, what is, in his opinion, uh, pagan warlords and, and mages. And, you know, he's uh, his society is very, um, they feel they're very elite and they they have this these monotheistic views where they worship a single God and they're colonialists, they're subjugators, but now, you know, they're, they're, they're not what they were, they're reduced to just this this handful of people. And so he has to be the leader and lead his people in this you know, in this new world, Forge Alliances survive because uh, people want to do him. And he he feels that he can still, even with this, this reduced uh, following, that he can still, um, you know, essentially take over the, the new continent and impose his religion on them. And people don't want that. And, you know, so, but he still, like I said, he has to forge alliances. He um, exposed to these people on this new continent, some of his views, uh, you know, start to change a little bit and um he starts to open and expand his mind he's very entrenched in his views and um you know he has a, a lot lot to face a lot of danger uh battle and you know so that's that's what the the, the series is that's the book and the series is going to be about his rise to power in a new continent after the downfall of Now i
0: personally feel like if you need more than that in our audience, then you, this is the wrong podcast for you. <laughs> just personally. Um, I have to say, I absolutely, I just loved everything that I was reading about book one. My friend literally was like, hey, have you seen this guy in his book? And I'm like, oh yeah. I said, it's definitely on my radar. I said, it's on my TBR." I'm like, I'm really trying to get there. I, I saved it for my summer reading. Cause I'm like, I don't want to get, bo- there's certain books that I don't want to get bogged down with work you know, because then it's not the people's books recently I've been reading or the authors or their writing. It's just that I've been just burnout because I'm a teacher. And your books is one of those where I don't want to be distracted. Like I want, I know I'm going to enjoy it. I want to have time to enjoy it. So I've been saving it for the summer, but I'm like, man, it could be June like any day now because I have so (laughs) many books like yours, Uh, you know, book one planned. And I'm just, my friend was looking at my TBR. He's like, man, that just sounds awesome. But I have to say, I absolutely love your description on your website for a Drowned Kingdom. I mean,
1: thank you.
0: That was such an amazing description. It was enough, you know, to get me interested, but, and you had enough details there. I felt like you had, you know, several hooks in there where I'm like, I have to figure out what's going to happen with your characters. I want to see how you did, you know, everything with Atlantis. I just, I got to give you credit. I've, I've been researching a lot of blurbs and descriptions and I have to say that's one of the better ones I've seen oh, in the last okay. several months. So that was, that was really, really good. So if you guys haven't yet go to PL Stewart's website, check out right at the top there. Okay. A Drum kingdom. If you need more than that description or what he said so far, again, I don't know if this is the podcast for you. <laughs> it just sounds awesome. <laughs> it's such a great idea. I have to say, I, I just, as soon as I heard that you, that's what you were doing. And I love the whole, cause at first I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll definitely read it. You know, if it's about Atlantis, but then when I found out that, you know, you were, writing about the aftermath. For me, I always wondered that. And as a historian, I study a lot of that and I'm of the notion that that actually did happen and that's you know what happened. And I think there's a lot of evidence to that. So um, to me, I was just like, yeah, that's the book for me. So. <laughs> <super cool. laughs> well,
1: I'm glad. I'm yeah, glad that's to awesome. That. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this was a great question I think for you and I'm really interested to hear, uh, interested to hear your answer. So for that third question, what has been different in your writing uh, process with writing book two versus book one?
1: Oh, well, wow. writing book two. Well, the first thing is I have to admit, and a lot of my fellow writing colleagues I, I've, that I've spoke to feel the same way, you feel this enormous pressure. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but at first it feels like that, that you're so focused on making book two that much better, like astronomically better than book one, right? You know you, you're coming out you're a novice writer you're a rookie you put your first book out there it's not gonna be perfectly perfect you're gonna make mistakes you know but but the thing is you're really trying to uh take the things that were really good about your first book and then you by then now you have some some critiques and some reviews and, and you, you have to hear what people say right about 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 the negatives or the areas for opportunities and then but still keep the really good things and then you know look at those those uh criticisms and if it's something that's a one-off, that's one thing. But if if all the readers are saying something common about your book, then you really have to pay attention, I think, and address accordingly. I mean, you have to write your book.
0: Yeah. guess um, yeah.
1: you're writing for an audience, but you have to write the book that you're going to write. So, but but with that second book, you, you feel this enormous pressure. You're like, oh my gosh, I have to make it that much better than book than book one, and I really have to. You know, you you don't want to you don't want to feel like you're if it's somewhat successful that you're one hit wonder. You know, they talk about sophomore yeah, jinx. Yeah in sports and you know like you you really feel that that pressure but um it's funny like once the book was written and especially now that the arcs are out that out there the advanced reading copies and people seem to feel like yeah it is it is actually better than than book book one and and not that i i'm not proud of book one you know i I, with all its flaws and Yeah, yeah you know but 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 i i i really felt like i did write a better book with book two and the, the earlier reviews seem to support that. And that's why book three, which is coming out next year, which I'm in the middle of writing, I feel it's going to be that much better than, than book two. So, you know, cause my goal is continuous improvement, right? You, yeah, yeah. You're only as good as your last book. You got to keep striving to get better and better and better. Right. And there's no such thing as complacency. So, but yeah, that was the difference between book one or book two is more of that pressure, you know what I mean? Book one, nobody knows who you are. Nobody yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, knows your brand the, the book is out there. Yeah. You know, like the expectations aren't. But, but, you know, now there's expectations on me. Yeah. So I have to deliver with every book to just keep up in that ante and make that book even better. So that's yeah. what I'm working on.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I, I know um, just like a couple of people I just started following must have had your advanced reader copies for book two. And that's what I've seen. Uh, I saw several so far, uh, like three or four people, um, you know, and we're like, oh, this was a lot better than book one. And they said, like, they raved about book, uh, book one. I went back and, you know, was just looking at what they were saying. So I like to study those kinds of things. Um, so that makes me really excited. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like, it's, I just think you said so many great things there. I just want to really quick dissect. So, you know, you're talking about pressure. Obviously, now, you know, I love how you said that, you know, it's the sophomore angst where it's like, you, you do, you feel it. And I just think that, you know, it's easy for me because I can write several first books you know, and I can put them out there or whatever. But I just feel like, you know, any book two is going to be like, I, I'm already feeling it for my book two because I'm trying to, you know, That's plan awesome. out my trilogy better. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, now I have to change these things to then change book two. And I, my friends and I were just talking about that where it is hard, right? Where you release, you're trying to write book two or some somewhat get something down for it and plan it out. But it's like, if you don't have the first book done and then you also don't have it out to your audience, how on earth are you going to know you know, those things like you're saying, like, how are you going to meander that? And I do think you're right. It is, there's a lot of pressure. And I think it's a lot harder than a lot of people give you guys credit for, you know what I mean? Like, it's harder than it sounds to, because you don't, like, if, if you knew what people were going to say ahead of time, you could just write book two and yeah. three and plan. And well, like I had a friend who planned a trilogy. He's like, well, this is what I planned so far, but he's like, I'm going to have to wait. And I think it's especially hard for people that are trying to rapid release. Cause it's like, you have to fix things like right off the bat, you know, with book two and three and yeah, I just, I agree. I totally agree with everything you said. I just think I think it's a lot harder than people give people credit for. So I give you yeah, credit you. for <laughs> being hey, able to. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's hard you have to listen to those people. You also have to tell the story that you want to tell. So I definitely, I definitely agree with you. It's a lot harder than people think.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Uh, so for that fourth question, how I'm so interested in this, because I have a lot of mythology for everything that I do. Uh, so for question four there, how did you go about your mythology and religion in your world building process?
1: Well, um, you know, my version of Atlantis is somewhat different from, you know, the, the, the original mythology. Um, it's not set in a, in a Mediterranean type, um, you know, uh, ancient world, uh, ancient, more Greek, uh, you know, Greco-Roman, that, 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 er- that area of the world um it's it's somewhat akin to like a more medieval type european medieval type um you know realm but um you know i think with me uh i i'm inspired a lot by religion um and i'm fascinated by religion i'm a spiritual person i don't really consider myself formally religious i was raised very formally religious and my mother is i found that you know as, as i grew and evolved i i, I feel that I'm more spiritual but I've all been fascinated with um, organized religion. Take your major religion, you know, uh, Islam, Christianity, uh, Judaism, um, you know, et cetera. And 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 I'm always fascinated by um, you know the, the 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 push and pull and tug between um, spirituality and religion. And What I mean by that is um, you know the construct around the religion, the human construct, the hierarchy, the 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 the, the organization around worshiping, you know the spirituality like so you know the 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 nuns the priests the you know the 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 temple leaders etc versus um you know what does it what is the the worship of that 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 god goddess deities what does that actually mean and what's the difference because i always say this up some of the previous interviews that you know um religion for all of its good intentions is flawed because it's human made yeah, so it's yeah. subject to all of human's flaws the divine in most cases is most people believe that, you know, divinities are, are, are beyond these, these frailties, not in all cases, but in many religions, you know, the divine is supposed to be something more perfect. Right. Yeah. And you know, there's that struggle between, you know, like, like the, the human beings who, you know, in many cases, you know, all good intentions, trying to be, um, you know, devout to be, um, you know, to be good people, but they have these human frailties. And then, of course, because it's a political system, these political systems are all, all, you know, fraught, or at least they're susceptible to corruption. Yeah. So yeah. you can have, uh, you know, a, 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 a religion that the intent is the opposite of the corruption, but it becomes corrupt because of the frailties of the human. So I always found that's, that's fascinating, especially when it ties into the theme of colonialism, which is big in my book, because you have, you know, these, these, you know, it's take history, it doesn't matter your era you know egyptians you know incas you know um you know british empire you know you you have these these eras where these great colonial powers who have these distinct religions um you know that they they feel that they should impose on on the territories they conquer for the good of the territories you know doesn't always turn out so well right so so these <laughs> colonial never, powers, right? <laughs> Yeah they, these colonial powers they come with all these positives and advances and technological events all these great things but then they also come with these sometimes these horrible consequences for the the the, the places that they subjugate and and forcing um their religion uh, their worship their 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 faith on these other um places so and that's just historical like I said it's it's regardless of your you know your your colonial power they all tend to do that that's just a yeah, human yeah. nature thing so that fascinates me about yeah you about the religious aspect and the end of the, and the mythology and the lore like you know uh, because it's almost like you know um you know egypt existed you know there were pharaohs there were pyramids there were this great empire but then there's the lore and mythology of all their gods and goddesses right that are that's tied in there and you know like that's that's what really what really fascinates me about about that aspect
0: you got a lot of great themes there i gotta say i my buddy and i were just discussing the you know the science fiction aspect because we really want to i feel like fantasy and urban fantasy come really easily to him and i because we've read more fantasy Uh, i used to read a lot more sci-fi but you know we talked about that i like things like that like i thought like it'd be cool to see like um, um it'd be cool for us i think not the characters but to see like a colonial space power then go to another planet and those same, you know, type of themes, like, you know, I, I just think it's really, and I thought it'd be interesting to take it from two different alien, like perspectives, but one's just more powerful than other, and discover those oh, yeah. themes. So I love how you're talking about that to me that just as a history teacher, it's like we try and teach these kids all the time, you know, I always tell the kids, because they enter eighth grade, and we usually don't unfortunately teach them real history until they get to eighth grade. And a lot of middle school teachers like to water it down and things. And um, there are certain things that I don't do because I just think maturity wise and things. But then again, it's like they only have six weeks, eight weeks, and then they get thrown into this this ocean. So we really try to put it in stages. But I always tell parents right off the bat and students, I'm like, listen, I'm like, we don't sugarcoat it. You know, like we start with Civil War. I'm like, we don't sugarcoat slavery, colonialism, you know, especially those, uh, you know, any of those things like we don't sugarcoat you know, reconstruction, whatever it is, like we just tell it how it is because we want them to understand those themes, you know, and just be better people, let alone better citizens. So I just I love that personally because I think that you know we could give you know classes a book like yours and you know it'd be more exciting I think than maybe some of the the books that we end up reading at times, but you know you'd still be able to see those same types of themes. So I think that's where a lot of my historian friends really liked your book, One A Drowned Kingdom, because they saw a lot of those common themes in there. So. them that was really cool to see it in a fantasy setting and it always is for me as well so that's really awesome Awesome. that you're bringing those in there that's super cool oh well thank you that's awesome awesome. Yeah, everything we're talking about just gets me more excited for a drowned kingdom um (laughs) which i hope the audience is the same way uh so for that fifth question i'm so interested and i i kind of wanted to i saw something on your website so i kind of stopped because i and kind of interested to hear you explain it. So for that fifth one, uh, is your book in the first person point of view? And if so, how did you decide on this narrative style?
1: Oh, yes. Well, my book is definitely first person. Oh, uh, cool. the, the, there's the, the reason for that is, I actually love reading first person uh, books. I know a lot of people don't prefer it. I remember um, when I was in university, you know, university professors would, you know, I, I took, um, English and predominantly, my my major was medieval literature oh, and cool. history, and you know. But I took a lot of writing classes, there writing courses, and and they said, oh, well, first person, it's limited, it's it's a narrow perspective. One of our professors hated it. They said, you know, it's for weak writers, and you know. But some of my favorite books of all time, and some of the best-selling books of all time, are first person. Um, so Jim butcher. <laughs> yeah, so I love it, and but the reason I specifically chose it for my series is because. My series is all about a flawed, bigoted, homophobic, sexist, misogynistic, colonialist prince. And I wanted people to get inside his head and understand why he thinks the way that he he does, what his upbringing was like, that formed him into the person he was, and what his, his, his challenges are, what his insecurities are, you know, because it's the, the story, the story is, is the series is really about him and, you know, his response to everything, right? Can he change? Uh, how to what degree will he change what are the things that could make him change you know so I, I wanted people inside his head and it's not always pretty it's not always pleasant yeah and you know to be inside his head because of his thoughts and you know the, the thoughts are not they're the opposite of how I think but I've I've throughout my life I've encountered unfortunately people that that you know think oh, yeah, the yeah. Way he does in, in various you know forms so I, I want to be realistic and I and I thought that if I made a first person people would get a much, much better understanding of, of the character and they would um, eventually, most people probably start off disliking him. But I think in time, knowing to know him better and seeing some of his positive qualities, to a degree some people might root for him, some might not, um, he's very complicated. But I thought that was the best, uh, the best perspective from which to write to allow people to really understand uh, the character and because he's the focus of, of the story, so.
0: Oh, that's cool. I like how you immediately wrote him so that people could have not just a retrospective on him, but also, you know, maybe that theme of have more of a, you know, retrospective self. I think a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of those things you just mentioned. So to me, that's even cooler because uh, I just love that with characterization, first of all. So bravo, um, I love complicated characters. I just, those two-dimensional characters, you know, I've just read so much by now. I'm just like, and especially um, like Michael R. Fletcher was talking about in their podcast, Wizard Wars and Words. And he was like, I just, he's like writing ruins certain books for me. And I get that because I'll go and read a book now and I'm like, oh, I'm like, I need more complicated characters. I need need more, you know, I need more for my fantasy. I need more for my sci-fi. So to me, when you're saying that he's a very complicated character and there's a process to him, that to me just, you know, especially from a writer, but a reader standpoint, it makes me more excited to read the book now. So and I like that theme of retrospection, because I don't think, you know, a lot of people we try to teach our students retrospection, you know, and it's like, it's one of the hardest things for them to do is like, just to admit, like, oh, this is how you were raised. This is our culture. Is it right? You know, from a purely retrospective standpoint. So I think that's a really cool theme that you got going there. So I really hope that you thank you. I hope that you keep going with things like that. So that's awesome. Absolutely. I feel like your things you're saying, I just, and this is what um, people that I know, you know, reviewed book one and book two, what they're saying is, you know, like, again, I think a lot of people can relate to that type of character, even if they're not that character, which no offense, all of us have something of that character, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think it's even like you said, right? Like you've encountered people like that. And I think that it makes you not that it makes it okay for the things that they do, but maybe getting onto a common road and understanding something, you know, will maybe help everybody further down the road.
1: Yeah, exactly. I just,
0: I like that theme. So yeah, that's really cool. Uh, So for number six there, did you find it harder or easier when it came to book two's expansion of your world building and characterization? Like, did you think you had enough there? And then you could expand on it. Or did you maybe feel like, oh, no, I don't have enough here. And I have to add this whole other aspect or maybe a little of both.
1: No, my problem is I have so much to pack into, <laughs> you know, the, the seven books that, you know, because there are so many layers. Um, there's so much history in the in the, the the world I've created. You know, there's there's a history of authoring society, the Atalanteans, and their history is rich and very, 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 Steeped in 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 legend and all these heroes and and um, that's why that's actually what led me to um, you know but it's also tied into a, a bigger kind of theme that I can't really dis- disclose but uh, that's what led me to, to writing two prequel trilogies about these two um, famous figures that authorn worships as his heroes and thinks that they're a certain way, but, you know, believing when you see the trilogies, they're not quite the way he envisioned them yeah, because yeah. they lived hundreds of years before yeah, he was yeah. born. So, yeah. you know, it's just like anyone else in history, you you read about the person, but were they really like that? Well, you weren't there, so you yeah. don't know. So, yeah. so that's what I love about, about the fact that I can do that, go back in time and show, you know, what what they were like and what their society and their world was like. And then, you know, with, with the current series, you know, Otherin is is Othran thinks that, you know, Atalantean history, history is the most important one. But there's a big wide world out there, right? He only looks at yeah. looks at things from the perspective of a conqueror. He's he, you know, his his society's conquered um, you know, other kingdoms in in a nearby another nearby continent. But now he's that's all gone. You know, his 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 realm is destroyed. He's lost, they've lost that hold on, on that continent. Now he's gone to his other continent. That is full of you know people who've been warring for centuries and and no one's managed to take control. But yet he thinks, even though being in this minority, that he's going to you know be the leader of, of taking this thing over. Um, you know so so and within that there's all these different cultures and 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 kingdoms and and societies and and they have their own histories and mythologies. So there's a lot to pack in there. So no, it was definitely not you know the 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 issue is trying to um make layer it enough so that without overwhelming the reader that they they can see that there's this rich um there's all this richness to the world building so what i try to do is i try to take each book and kind of move the lens slowly through the continent so you kind of focus you're kind of in each book you're kind of in one spot for a while for the most part maybe two or three so that you get to see each spot in within within the the this particular continent and then slowly as the books continue, you'll continue to move around and, you know, each book will kind of mostly focus on a different area. And then as you realize that there's much more and beyond that, those other areas, even outside the continent, will become a much bigger part of the future series. So I'm just kind of layering it that way.
0: Oh, that's cool. I like that, though, like how you explain that. I think that that's a really good way to, to go about the world, though. It's kind of like I was talking about like Emily Inkpen, where, you know, she was talking about her characterization and. I told her in the interview. I said I've heard this said a hundred times, but she, however she said it, right, just clicked better for me. <laughs> and I like how you said that too with world building. That's another thing I think that is said really well is like with a lens, and you're just kind of zooming into this spot like Google Earth, and then going from there. So I think that's I think that's a great uh, thematic way of handling world building and fitting things in that are necessary, connecting other pieces to areas, but not overwhelming your reader and that's the only thing that with Mal's in Book of the Fall and I'm like I feel like I'm swimming every time in the middle of an ocean and <laughs> I'm really tired and I'm being weighed down by my wet clothes I'm trying my hardest <laughs> they're
1: great and that's books. an iconic series yeah that's an yeah. iconic series but yeah. and I and I know and even me you know like um you know one of the even when you for one of, the, one of the the things that people some people found it hard was that in in the first part of book one there's a lot of world a lot to absorb because you're 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 seeing Often is describing his 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 Atlantis, which he loves, and he knows every part of it. You're really getting all that information about it, right? So, you know, um, but but again, you know, it's it, those are things you learn as you you go forward, how to how to layer things. But also, I wrote that for a certain reason because Atlantis was going to be destroyed. So, yeah, kinda, I I, wa- I wanted people to know as much as they could, and also create that sense of 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 sadness. That's something so beautiful, yeah. and that meant so much to the main character and so many people was destroyed but the things about athletics is that you will continue to go back to it throughout the series you will see all the links and why oh, you need cool. to know certain things and it will that will continue even though it's destroyed but the, through the series and then of course later on you go back to see athletics when it was still very vibrant in these prequel trilogies hundreds of years before author and when you'll see how different it was in those two different time periods that I write about these heroes and, and you know so I think people will Hopefully find that fascinating.
0: Yeah, I already do. I I just love that you have taken that historical perspective of, you know, like, you know, I, I talk to kids all about this all the time. I'm, you know, like, no offense, but Thomas Jefferson, let's say. And I was like, you know, what do you know about Thomas Jefferson at the start of the year? And this was like to get them reeled in. And, you know, then we were like, oh, did you know that he owned slaves? We're like, did you know that he had slave children? You know, all these things. And they're like, they were like, devastated. Well, we were like, okay, this is an example of hero worship. Yes. No offense to anybody, but from a historical perspective, it is because we only see these people's good sides and we don't actually see them as the flawed humans like the rest of us that they are. So I just personally, from a history teacher's perspective, I just love, and that already makes me really excited for the prequels. I just love that you did that because they always say, right? don't meet your heroes. Well, yeah. <laughs> not always true. I met, exactly. Richard Lee Byers. I met Richard Lee Byers. He's one of my writing heroes. One of the, like, I'd say three authors that I read that made me want to write, but it's not always that way. But, you know, in terms of history, I, I do wonder that, like, we had a question that a kid asked the other day. He's like, if you could, we just like fun thing on uh, Friday before break. And he was like, if you meet one historical person, who would you meet? And I was like, ooh, I said to somebody and he goes, but would you really want to meet that person though? And I'm like, you know yeah. what? Yeah. That's a great point, you know, because you have this hero worship or, you know, this idea of this person hundreds of years ago. And it's like, it's probably not very accurate. So I think that's a yeah. really cool thing you got going there.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Do you want your bubble bursted or do you, are you willing to accept them for how they really are and how much, yeah. to what degree would that change your opinion of them? if you could meet them today, like me and, and Martin Luther King, I, I, you know, historically I've read about many of his faults and flaws. He was, you know, like he's, he's a, you know, a flawed human being like the rest of us, but, you know, he was such an iconic figure for me and, and I, and I do hold him such high regard, but how would I feel if, if I met him in person? I think I'd still be impressed. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, like that's, that's just, you know, you're, you're exactly right. That's an excellent point. So.
0: Well, it's like me and Harriet Tubman, like, I'm like, do I really want to meet Aramenta? Or do I because my my kids said the same thing, because that's who I was talking about. And they were like, well, they're like, well, you have her like, way up there, like on a pedestal. I'm like, I really do. Because so I'm like, when you walk down to the south that many times to free people, and you're a fugitive, and people are literally hunting for you. I'm like, like, that's just like, you have to have a different mindset to be that one of those people. And I'm just like, I said, I still, I do agree with you though. I Part of me worries that, you know, but I, the other part of me is like, it's just so overwhelming that I just would want to just look yeah. her in the eyes, you know, and, yeah. and see her and really see her. And that way I think it would add to her perspective. So that's what I told him when he asked me. I was like, no, I would still do it. But maybe some other people I wouldn't, but her, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I just want to know, like, I think that's so cool. It's like, cause I always think of that, you know, from a historical perspective, I'm like, you know, like, were these people, you know, really, you know, did they have those qualities, you know, verbatim? Or I guess, I guess you could say, or did, did we, did they have something and we just added our own perspective onto it, I guess. So when you're talking about, you know, heroes from hundreds of years ago, that just, I think that hits the theme. So, you know, just right on the head and just nails it. So I'm really excited for both of
1: those prequels. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Cause unfortunately the farther and farther you get back in history, the less, Empirical dial you have, you know, yes. we have, we don't have video, you know, we don't yeah. have, you know, audio recordings. but you know, of, of, of what, you know, yeah. Henry, Henry V did or, yeah. or, you know, what, so yeah. Yeah. So I agree.
0: Look at like, uh, like King Arthur was like what one of my kids said. And he's like, well, he probably wasn't this blah, blah, blah person, you know, with these romantic ideas. He's like, those are ob-. And Robin Hood's another one. Like I study a lot of, you know, things where they, you know, look at actual outlaws that could have been Robin Hood and some of the original tales of him, and songs it's like he's not a hero like he's almost an anti-hero like verbatim like more than the Punisher, even so yeah it's like it definitely adds a uh, a huge question mark i think to what do we value and we're because we value certain things in our society that they didn't value back then you know and i think that it could be the same for you you know with the prequels so i think that'd be really interesting to check out and again it just i think i was just talking to you know emily inkpen and um uh hm long about this this weekend it's like I feel like you guys are doing things like that, that add to the fantasy genre, you know, and really expand people's ideas, imagination. It's not the same old, same old, you know, like no offense to anybody, Um, you know, tropes and the classics are great, but I just think we're at a certain point within our society that it's like Tolkien, like no offense to anybody, Hobbit's my favorite book, but I accept the fact that he lived in a country and a time period where his ideas were flawed. Look at the fact of how few women he has, the few lines they have, the few actions that they have, that's how women were seen back then. And I think there's a reason that, you know, he doesn't mention whether or not they're there, uh, you know, elves of color or people of color, whatever. And I get that maybe it was certain geography, but at the same time, you have to realize that in that time and age, you know, no offense to anybody, but he was still fighting for colonialism and imperialism, you know, in World War One. And it's like, that's just the reality. And I think if you, you know, look at those kind of things from, historical perspective in those people i think you get a much better idea at where we can actually take fantasy and sci-fi because i think representation is important cuz this is your audience you know and i you know it's it's really valuable and it doesn't matter who that representation is so i just think that that's really cool that you know what you're doing i think it really adds to the genre and really you know it makes people like me think like okay i got to go back to my stuff and up my ante you know, and again, I think we're all, I personally feel like I was talking to Scott about this. I feel like we're all on the same team and, you know, it's like, you know, you're my teammate and something amazing you do. I'm like, I'm going to go back and work twice as hard. Well, you know, readers get that much better of a product. So I applaud you for making these amazing decisions, especially from a teacher's (laughs) point of view. So
1: that's really really cool. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Okay. This is the one that I really, really wanted to ask you. Um, number seven. How did you go about filming your book trailer for A Drowned Kingdom?
1: <laughs> well, uh, as I'd mentioned, Daniel, so uh, we have Freezing Press, my my indie publishing assist company. They have a video production team. Oh, that's uh, cool. It, I, I went to them and said, "It's it's one of the packages you can get with, with your publication packages. Oh, that's they cool. Like to make a video. They, uh, you know, okay, what's your concept?" you had to, what what they gave me was essentially a template, like a storyboard and what I would like, what are the elements I'd like to see in there and what what I'd like to figure prominently, what well, I said, you know, water, because the theme of water with, with with you know, obviously a drowned kingdom and, and a, a, at Atlantics being sunk and water also being symbolic of uh, washing away of expectations, Ooh, washing away of, you know, an entire civilization and their um, beliefs and their, you know, uh, that empire uh, being washed away, kind of like a rebirth also, water rebirth and, you know, new expectations and, you know, a a new beginning, Um, you know, and of course, the the triangle, circle emblem, which adorns all the swag and, and, you know, adorns my book cover, that's very central, a very central theme in in the entire series and and beyond. And, you know, so I wanted that to figure prominently and and, and I want to be, um, and I wanted, you know, a sense of, you know, just like the legend of, Atlantis that Plato made that, you know, I wanted that apocalyptic, okay, the world is, you know, this place is destroyed now, but now they're, they're the new beginning. They're going to this new continent across the water and and what's going to happen. Right. So, um, that's, so I came up, I, I gave them my concept. They did a great job of, of incorporating that concept into the, the video. And, uh, yeah, so hence you have, uh, you have the video for a John kingdom. So I, I, I think it's, and then it, the big thing was, matching the music they gave me a lot of know. Christopher for music and i found oh it's perfect uh, th- this one a uh, song called shatter and it was i think it was so representative of what had happened to off in his world all his expectations shadow shattered where who and what he thought he was going to be in life was shattered um his, the supremacy of his 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 society was shattered and now he has to pick up the, the shattered pieces and make something out of it, right? So cool. you know that's 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 a, a, a and it was very stirring, a very stirring yeah, it really was kind of music. So really, you know, kind of like gives you those those goosebumps and those chills. Yeah. So um, you know, and then I, I definitely wanted that that symbol with the water to be uh, at the last thing you see before you go to the covers, you want that um, that sensation of you know, yeah, that that triangle and, and circle is this iconic thing that it's left this impression on you, right? And that's why that last shot is you know, with the water on the beach and then suddenly the triangle silver comes out of that and then you, you fly to the book. And I thought that was, was really cool, so.
0: Oh, it's super cool. Like I said, I used to teach graphic design and, you know, um, I studied video production for a little bit. And um, so for those in our audience, um, I will be putting um, um, the A Drowned Kingdom trailer in the oh, description. Wow. So Thank please you. make sure you guys go and check it out so you can actually see what we're talking about. And you might think, oh, okay, another book trailer. No. No, you really got to check it out just from an author's perspective. Um, you know, somebody who's trying to advertise, I think it, it, it was, it was just long enough. It gave you just enough information, but the, the imagery and again, Shattered, that was such a great song. It was very stirring. It made me feel like, you know, something happened. you know, catastrophe, but now we're going on an adventure. And I, you know, and I actually looked at it again, after reading your description, um, you know, for a Drowned Kingdom on your website. And I just thought the two matched each other so well the lettering i have to say from a graphic design standpoint the lettering the colors that they used um you know i think that they really evoked um i don't know i just felt like they really fit with the story um from what i know of it so far and yeah that last part (laughs) it's just awesome um don't want to ruin it for anybody but yeah definitely click on it in the description check it out or you know go to fields you know website check it out i think personally from an advertising standpoint like that was so cool, and I sent. I'm actually going to show it to my buddy uh, tonight. My tech guy. I sent it to another friend of mine. Him and I talked a lot about advertising, and he was like, "Oh, why did you do that? Now I want one." <laughs> uh, so I think we're gonna um, do some studying, uh, you know, this summer, uh, for more video, you know, production and design and stuff, and we're going to try it probably not going to be as cool as yours but we're going
1: to try and at least oh, well you never know it might be far cooler than mine i just you know that's what i have but yeah no, pretty, well you're
0: first out. so if, if you know if mine yeah. ends up being cool it's only because we studied you know yours and a couple other people that i know some great ones but i think you know i do think a lot of people you know um i just think the youtube video is so underutilized you know and yeah. it's so cool you know like what you can yeah. do with it and The music evokes a lot, you know, Amazon advertisements, Facebook advertisements are great, but I do think, you know, even just advertising that, you know, that trailer uh, every once in a while, you know, just sharing and, you know, having people look at it, I think is, is just awesome. But yeah, I just have to say, Bravo, whatever, you know, decisions you guys made for that. I just personally thought, I actually think it was the best one that I've seen so far. Oh, um, no matter the no. company. So yeah, it was super cool, especially yeah. that ending. <laughs> I actually I can't wait to watch it later with my buddy tonight. So I know he's going to be like blown away because uh, we've been seeing a couple other ones. So I I was teasing him. I say I said I saved the best for last. So we're gonna huh. look at yours and uh, try and make some decisions for next year. So
1: well, that's awesome. I can't wait to see when yours cool. uh, when yours comes out. Yeah, it's just one of those things that just work well. It's just like with the audiobook. Um, another decision that we made recently, like the actors that voiced that were just so phenomenal. Like the the main, uh, there's two main actors and, um, you know, Adam Curtin, who does authoring, he just captures that snarky, snooty, you know, um, you know, privileged, you know, like that's just that posh, like upper, like he just, he just nails it. And and I, I now that I, and I'm not an knowledgeable person, my wife is, who's my business partner, but, we were listening to it in the car the other day. It's like I actually think that it's really one of the best ways. Like, if you're not gonna have the physical copy like this, like I, I ebooks are great and I, and a lot of people love them, they're not as much my thing. I have to read them because of art and stuff, but yeah, yeah I like yeah. my physical copies, my yeah. especially my hard copies and the texture feel, but but if I'm from now on, if I'm not if I don't have this after listening to that, audiobooks are my thing, man, because the, the experience and to hear because my book is very much the first part especially of my book often is telling his story he's telling his story about where he came from what his kingdom looks like what his position in that kingdom is the people who are important in his life his kingdom's history in terms of their colonialism and and why they were the way they were his religion his devoutness in his religion um you know what the complications are in his relationships with his father and his brother and you know all those things and it's really his story and i think Hearing him tell that um, on an audiobook, and because the, the the actor did such a great job, it just really just it changes the game in terms of how you experience my book. and I, I really I really have to encourage people to, you know if you're if you're wondering, oh, you know, like you know, fancy the building you know if that if you've if you're looking for a different experience, listen to the audiobook. I really think it yeah. It's fantastic. Like the job that they did is it's really it's really a neat way to absorb uh, the material. So
0: I like I personally like I I'm not going to mention the person's name of the book, but I had had personally just for myself I had had one book where I do not think that they had the best person doing it, and then I went and read the book later, and I feel like it kind of dampened the experience just for myself. And I believe it was just that one you know narrator. I just don't think they nailed the character. But I was like, oh, I want to start listening to it. And then I'll get into the book. So it took me a while to get in the book. The book, I think, was a lot better than than the audio book. But I just think, again, it comes down to your decisions. Um, But like for yours, like I so I just end up reading. But I love reading a book and then listen to the audio book. I did it with Christopher uh, G. Brennings, The Hellborn King. I'm almost done with that one. Um, I love the book. And I just my mom's like, you're just addicted to (laughs) some certain book. I'm like so excited because I love getting my own take and doing my own, you know, thing and acting out in my head. I just weird like that. But then I love to compare with whoever you get, because a lot of times what I found is for most books, you know, and I'm sure yours is like that is like, you know, I love the book. And then I go and do the audiobook. And I feel like it just adds to the experience when you get yeah. such a great narrator or, you know, or narrators or actors and actresses. And I I like Kevin Hearns was like that. I read his series, Aaron Drew Chronicles, the people they got, Like the guy they got was so amazing. It added to the books. So then I went back and read the books again, you know, and I just love when you have a great narrator who adds to the experience, particularly, you know, when they add to whoever they, you know, or what was going on in your head. It's just, it's such a cool experience. That's just how I do it personally, but I love a great audio book. And I just think it's, it really, it really does. It is, I think a lot of people need to understand that, you know, it is your brand, right? Like you have some amazing swag, I love your symbol, your logo. And I think when you get a great you know, narrator, I think everything you do should be part of your brand. So I, I'm so glad to hear, and I've heard people have really liked your narrator and, actor, you know, and actors and actresses. Um, so I'm actually really excited to read the book. And then uh, I, sometimes I just can't help, I get right into the audiobook on my next drive to work. So I'm really
1: excited. Yeah, thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, They really are great. Yeah, yeah, Sean Polite, who voices a lot of the other characters he's phenomenal too because he he has actually in some ways a tougher job because he's got such a multiplicity of characters but yeah that yeah. that main overarching voice of adam Curtin, uh author and he is uh, like now in my head he's authoring right so oh, that's awesome you know but but anyways yeah no that's 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 awesome
0: that's opinion. super cool well we'll definitely have to put the audio uh book um uh the link in there for as well so people can go and check that out but i've heard a lot about both of them so that's A lot of positive things, particularly about Sean. I know he's been doing a lot more recently. So that's super, super cool. Uh, For that last one, so uh, any news, updates, promos, things like that, like you would like to share with us now?
1: Well, yeah, okay. Um, You know, Adron Kingdom is uh, out, uh, has been out for a year now. And it is out on uh, Audiobook just recently on ACX slash Audible. It's also on on Awesome Sound. Oh, cool. Uh, So you can pick it up there. Obviously, if you have the the ACX Audible, you know, your Amazon I remember Amazon membership is structured, you can probably get it for free. So that's great. Or is you know, zero dollars, that's always good. Um, I think it's phenomenal. Again, the actors Sean Polite and Adam Kerner did a phenomenal job. Um, so that's recently released. So The Last of the Atlanteans, book two in the Drowned Kingdom saga, is expected in the next few weeks. That's um, so far, again, I mean, I'm so honored and humbled that the readers that have advanced review copies are really saying some good things about it yeah, yeah. Um, it's up on goodreads so you can put it on your tbr if you'd like on goodreads and uh you can see some of the reviews and what people are saying so you know uh, and of course you can see a John Kingdom there too um you know uh, i'm currently writing a book three called lord and king and Thank that you. will drop in 2023 um, so that's book three of seven so the, the adventure is just beginning um you know so i i i hope that i think that if people are saying that the Last Atlantis is that much better than than a drowned kingdom, well, Lord and King is is uh, it's problem. gonna it's it's gonna it it to me that is the book that's gonna turn the series on its head, and I, I I hope people are ready for especially the ending and 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 some things that happen yeah, in yeah. that book because I think it's 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 you know it's it's engaging it's dramatic and it's some of the things are very dramatic so um, I'm looking forward to sharing that with the world in 2023 so.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I look forward to having you on for that and get it out there. That'd be really, really cool. it be an honor to have you come back for that. that so, be honored too. Awesome. I'd love also to have you back after a while, too, once book two is out, you know, in the spring or summer and, you know, see how things are going, especially compared to book one. I always like to, you know, get people um, get a lot of data that way we can, you know see what's going on and I can learn. Love myself, to. So that's awesome. Love to. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Love yeah. Uh, I'll also obviously put in a link, um, you know, whatever you want or I'll find it uh, and put in a link for book two. I really want people to go and check out that cover just for like the first one is amazing. That second one just evokes so much imagery and thought and, you know, and I, I think it's, yeah, it's just super cool. I don't want to ruin it for everybody in the audience. So just go click on it, um, check out both, just go to, you know, PL's website check out both. It's, they both are, are awesome books. I've heard a lot about them. I'm really excited. Uh, I'm a big paperback guy. So I'm really excited to get a Drowned Kingdom. Um, Thank you. Actually, on my yeah, list, I might listen
1: to my baby right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: It just looks so good. Baby. I was saying to my That's wife, my I was baby. like, she goes, I go, it's just one of those books that you have to have in paperback on your shelf. And she goes, but I thought you just said that about so-and-so's book.
1: <laughs> my wife says the same thing. She's you know, <laughs> a book addict. She's like, Did, she looks at a credit card. Did you buy more books again today? Like, yeah, it's, uh, she's, I'm going to be, I'm going to be living in, in the garage soon. If I yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I, like you, I, I love books. I'm a blogger. I, I, I'm a, I, I'm a blogger for the wonderful Before We Go blog led by the incredible Jeff oh, Tabler. Please follow Beth Tabler uh, on Twitter. She is just one of the best uh, people in the writing community period. And and, and my uh, co-assistant editor, Brianna Schneider, she's just a wonderful person, just brilliant. Both of them and all the bloggers at Before We Go Blog, they're just incredible people. And I'm honored to be one of the assistant editors And So I, because of that, obviously I read more books than normal, and I love yeah. my physical copies. So yeah, 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 yeah. My my bookshelves are gonna crack, and my wife's gonna gonna kick me <laughs> out. But you know, for now I'm okay. So I'll just
0: keep yeah, 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 yeah. I've been funneling to in my there. friend every time I read something good. I funnel it to my friend. And I'm like, just keep it at your house for a little bit, and then he goes, well, he goes, he goes. So you're a teacher. He goes, so we're gonna have to like smuggle the books back in your house. He's like, is that like, a, like is that like an underground railroad situation? Like, is that like um, he like reference the Cold War. Uh-huh. Uh, he's like, are we gonna have to go get across the DMZ zone? And that's like you're from a court. I was just laughing. I was like, yeah, we'll we'll find a way to get him back in here somehow. But yeah. I was teasing him. Yeah. I said, if I can keep him at your house long enough for a couple of years, we'll just go get a bigger house and then I'll put him in it, they'll never notice. So <laughs> this will probably yeah, be the yeah, one yeah. episode my wife uh, she's watched like quite a few, so this will probably be the next one she watches. So she's gonna come at me and be like, no more physical copies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely and I definitely get book envy. You know, I have some some great oh, uh, yeah. social media friends that are on Twitter and yep. you know, like literature lo fi and you know, uh Maybe To the Pages and Steve Talks books and all those people, and you see their bookshelves in the back, it's like, ooh, yep, ooh, I want that, and like I want that, and you know, <laughs> like you just go, okay, I, I you know, and yeah, so it's uh but it's there's worse habits, there's worse um That's what I say. Yeah, here, so, like I don't I don't know.
0: smoke, I don't drink. Uh I'm yeah, like yeah. I always tell her and I, I usually usually try and eat somewhat healthy. I don't always succeed like this weekend, but you know, I'm like we don't we don't do too much around work and stuff. So I was like, buying a book is my version of a vacation. <laughs> usually, yeah, yeah, the, you know, definitely. somebody I know and now. I had the podcast be like, well, I got to buy PL's book because you know, I have it on the podcast, <laughs> you know, so the really good excuse for me. So <laughs>
1: well, I'm honored. I hope you enjoy it when you read it. I hope. You oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really really excited, especially to 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 blog it and to put it up on the channel. So. Uh, and again, thank you so much for coming. Uh, I really appreciate it. You know, anytime you want to come back on, you know, um, like Chris got a hold of me. He's like, hey, can I come back on earlier than we planned? I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, come on down, you know, um, anytime you guys want to come by and, uh, you know, talk about writing or books or, you know, whatever definitely definitely down for
1: that so yeah i'd so love them. to and I, I i watch all your stuff and you know oh, I watch cool. some of your recent ones that you know the one you did with uh crystal Batar, who's who's oh uh, yeah so amazing yeah. one of my faves one of my faves yeah, and yeah. she's a brilliant brilliant author legacy bright watched one of the indie books of the year for sure yeah the past yeah. year and i'm definitely gonna be watching uh chris's uh because oh, Hellborn yeah. king is high on my tbr and excited oh. the second book coming out so maybe by the time i Maybe by the time I get to uh, Hellborn King that that uh, you know there'll be a second book to read. So oh yeah, you yeah. Know, good good best of luck to him. He's making a lot of uh lot of lot of uh, noise in the grim dark. Uh yeah, it's yeah very yeah. dark and yeah, very interesting. Oh, yeah. So um yeah, but anyways, I'm wishing you the best of luck. I know you're you know you're blowing up and your your podcast is is Tryin'. <laughs> well, so trying to all you and thanks for what you do for us in the writing community. Oh yeah, yeah, a yeah, yeah, lot. Yeah. So without, without without people like you, we you know writers don't 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 have that that, that platform to you know, talk about their books. So
0: yeah. You. Yeah. 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 It's always fun to talk to somebody like yourself. So again, you already gave me some great ideas just for my own stuff or just to, you know, That's just fantastic. to read So yeah, again, I really appreciate you coming on and again to our audience, please make sure you go to PL Stewart's you know, websites, everything is in the description for every single thing that we do. So all of, you know, his stuff's going to be there. You can go to my website, find the podcast. Um, we'll have those author profiles like we've been talking about for a while um, up by July 1st, actually um so we're working hard on those um here in the spring uh again just make sure you go and check out a drowned kingdom and you know book two's cover is amazing the description sounds awesome so yeah i really look forward to getting my own copy hope you have a great rest of the day my friend and i look forward to talking to you on twitter
1: thank you so much can't wait to talk to you again Daniel. Take yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. have
0: me. a good rest of your sunday my friend i'll see you later
1: you too all the best now. thank
0: you bye